Hey everybody, Tom Chantal. Welcome to the podcast again. Here we go. It is now the middle of June. We are uh, here at Prophet Strategies Podcast, week ending 61821. Glad to have you here with us today. Today we're going to take a little bit of a sideways turn to what we typically do on these podcasts. As you know, uh, typically to my right is Chris Johnson. This week, however, either Chris got a, got a, a, a extremely younger <laughs> or we've got someone completely different on the podcast. Today, I got Jack Rosenthal on the program with me. Uh, Jack is a young investor. He is a teenager. He's only 18 years old, yet he's now written a couple of books on teen investing. Uh, he also runs the Young Investors uh, Club at younginvestors.org. Um, he's got the number two best-selling book going on on Amazon when it comes to teen investing and much, much more. We're going to get into all of this right now on our podcast. So, uh, Jack, it's, uh, it's exciting to have you on the program here, buddy. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm still convinced I'm just the younger version of your partner. I'm not actually uh, Jack Rosenthal. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if he was this good looking when he was younger. Who knows? Uh, you know what? He has a lot less hair than you. Uh, so I would probably say no. You're probably the best looking guy we've got on this program so far. All right. Uh, and I'm not even going to exclude myself from that. But um, I'll, I'll take it. I'll it's take it's it. exciting to have you on here. You know, um, I have uh, I have children. They are a little bit older than you. Uh, they're out of college. Um, it, it's funny because um, – you know, when you look at, at my kids, they're they're uh, very, you know, they are privileged in so much that they know what I do. They hear it every day. So they're getting a different spiel of information on a daily basis than, say, someone who goes to work for a living and comes home uh, and downloads their day of what they did at their office or what they did on the job. Um, my kids are ingrained in investing all the time. So really, you know, I mean, if, if I were to just grab a couple of uh, questions, I think that are most the most pertinent for this interview. What's it like being an 18 year old investor uh, in this era where, you know, you, you just you don't see a lot of people. I mean, I know on my channel when I look at my channel analytics now, I'm 55 years old, you know, so I know what crowd I'm attracting. and It's not the 18 year olds. It's 50, 45 and older represents almost half my audience. But then when you get down below between 35 and 45, it's a smaller slice, 25 to 35, smaller slice, 18 to 25. I'd say if I'm cracking 2% of that audience, I'm lucky. What's Got it like it. for you in this, in this era? Okay. All right. So what is it like being an 18 year old investor and entrepreneur? Well, first of all, the main thing is when I was 17, 16, you had to deal with school. So that was probably the biggest kind of difference between being a, an everyday adult and being an investor and entrepreneur versus being a young person and being a young entrepreneur. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing. Other than that, not too different. I mean, what's so great about it is when you were younger, you were my age, and the reason why a lot of people weren't in young investors when they were your age is because the internet didn't really exist or it was very complicated to find information. Now information has been made so accessible through people's like your YouTube channel, I have a YouTube channel too, and millions of other people have YouTube channels, not to mention there's thousands just on the topic of investing. So between all of that, there's 
tons of information out there to educate you know young viewers. I have a book on investing, teen investing. So there's a ton yeah. of different information out there available to educate young people. And that's why you see so many more young people getting involved in it. Um, as far as your channel, that's interesting that only 2% is 18 to uh, 22. Oftentimes on finance channels, it's actually like different statistics. They're like 30 years old or something, the guy, and then most of their audience is that 18 to 22 year old audience. There's a huge segment of that audience that not necessarily is investors, but really wants to learn about investing because they know it's going to be really applicable when you know they're a few years older or a lot older. Well, so, I also think, you know, if, if I were to add a little bit to this, when I was 18, uh, 19, 20, I wanted to, to uh, be an investor. I wanted to be a trader. My parents would not co-sign for me on the account application, so I had to be 21 before I could do it myself. So I got yeah, into, you're gonna, I got you're gonna resonate with this story. I want to buy uh, my first investment property, but my parents won't co-sign on the loan either. So, <laughs> and that's, uh, feel, that's actually less for your 19-year-old self. I that's know it's very. That's I'm trying to convince. Them. I don't know what's the matter with them. They own a home. I'm like. Yeah, you already know what you you don't know. You already own a home, okay? Like it's not going to go bankrupt here. It's backed by the asset. It's eighty percent loan to value or seventy five percent loan to value. You know, my dad's not in a position where he like is relying on that income or is relying on those. That's like his life savings. It's not his life savings. So yeah. Anyway, I'm trying to convince him too, but I I can I can sympathize with your nineteen year old self. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there's that, and then of course, like you said, uh, we don't have. The, the, the type of media, we didn't have that back then. Uh, you know, back then when I was, uh, when I started trading, we were trading in eights and quarters. I mean, you know, you, we were, we were bidding stocks, uh, you know, call it Intel at 25 half by 25, three quarters or 25 and three quarters by 26. Wow. And so, I mean, you know, things that, that, that I had to suffer through, uh, trying to be a retail trader, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's like every generation. We always say we had it harder than you did, you know, and my grandparents or my parents, my grandparents said the same thing to me. But you know what? We're all right. because <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, and no, I believe it. The numbers speak for themselves. I mean, you know, uh, in, in transportation and in technology, I mean, you name it. Things have just gotten uh, have just advanced so much. And in the world of trading and investing, we now have all these social circles we can go to. We have our channels, YouTube channels we can go to uh, for education. We have platforms that are above and beyond much farther uh, along than they were before. When I was picking up a phone that had a cord on the end of it to place orders. Uh, that's what I was doing when I was, when I started doing this, I was at Home Depot. I was working in the plumbing department. And I remember picking up the call, getting an outside line because I needed to buy something. Uh, that I remember to this day. And how hard it was because it took minutes to get on the phone, get to the, the, the account executive, get to my account executive, place the order, stay on hold, look around, see if anybody needed any help with something, if they need a faucet or a, a toilet or whatever, and then get my um, <laughs> get my uh, 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 my confirmation and then hang up the phone. It was hard back then. Now it's just a matter of you could click, you could swipe, you're in, you're out. It's just it's so much more transparent than it was back then. So, um, you know, uh, it, it's exciting to see that you're starting this at 18, you know, but you know, my next question is how did you get started investing at such a young age? I mean, I know how I started it, but yep. I want to know how you did. So, yes. Yeah, so my grandfather was a commodities trader back in his day. Uh, he was an immigrant. He really had it hard. You think it's like, everyone's got the next level. It's like, you know, you're here, 
easier. I got it the easiest. So he had it the hardest. He came to the country. I think he spoke English. But anyway, yeah, he came to the country brand new um, when he was a very young man. And he became a commodities trader eventually. He eventually became a very good one. And then when I was eight years old, he set up a stock portfolio for me. He did it for both me and my brother. My brother had no interest in investing at all. And, you know, a lot of times parents set up like, you know, early on investment accounts for their kids. So he's pretty much had the same idea to do for me and my brother. However, he said with me, because he knew I had some interest in investing at the time, he said, you have the opportunity or you have the option to self-direct this. So you can decide what kinds of investments you want to go in. For your brother, I'm just going to put it all in the S&P 500. But for you, you can decide. Um, so that's really when I got my first little taste of investing, and I've been investing ever since then. Interesting story I always like to share is in that first year of investing, I actually got a bad return. My brother was up like 10% or something that year because the SP did well. I chose some like small stocks. You know, I was like eight year old. I thought I was a genius. Um, I chose 16 different stocks, and then like overall, my return was like negative 4% or something that year. So not a, not a good return that year. But I learned a lot of lessons from that of what not to do, and then in the next year, I ended up making money in all the other substitute, all the other subsequent years after that. But anyway, good little lesson cool. I learned when I was eight years old. So let's talk about your portfolio right now. What are you currently invested in? Uh, I pull it up. Um, okay, so I own some Blackstone. I've owned that one for a while. I own some Upwork. Upwork is very cool. Uh, I'm big. I, I think they got a lot of room to grow. They're up, I think, like two hundred percent or something this year. Um, what else do I own? Amazon, always been a believer in Amazon, but I owned them yep. back a little while ago. And yeah, a Berkshire Hathaway. Okay, so you really are in the big cap, big name. I like big know. cap. That's the lesson I learned when I was eight years old. I'm like, you know, the small cap game, it's for risk. It's definitely for riskier investors. You need to spend a lot of time researching. And I, I don't know, I've just always had more success with big caps. So I kind of hung out in that world ever since. And it's done really well for me for the last 10 years. What do you think, you know, before we get into your book uh, called Teen Investing, what do you think about all these uh, young traders who are coming in trading the meme stocks like GameStop, uh, AMC, yeah, I mean, Dogecoin? I mean, that yeah. seems to be where everybody uh, that's you know south of twenty five uh, <laughs> is is getting indoctrinated into this uh, this business. What's your thought? Yeah, 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 totally. Um, by the way, first of all, before I forgot to mention it, my book is Teen Investing on Amazon. I know we keep referencing it, but you can go yeah. get it on Amazon, Teen Investing, Jack Rosenthal. And I have a YouTube channel, too. My name is Jimmy Duke on YouTube. I go by a different name on YouTube. Okay. Jimmy Duke. Anyway, yeah, so to answer your question, um, so I got a little brother. He's actually a trader of Dogecoin. And it, he's one of those millions of minions who are out there pumping up these stocks. And, you know, it's obviously kind of fees on itself because they see it on the news, they see their friends are doing it, and then they kind of get it and on it. That it yeah. like more friends are doing it. It's just kind of like a self-fulfilling cycle. I mean, it's interesting. I think it's kind of like people people kind of equate it to like this giant, like, oh, it's like the little guys taken back. Like I think it's kind of a trend at the moment, like just like entrepreneurship was a trend a few years ago and like everyone wanted to get into that and then now the trend is like robin hood and investing for young people it's a good trend it'll probably overall help a lot of people in the long run but as far as like pumping up these like stocks like GameStop, which i think was like going bankrupt or something and everyone's like oh let's let's go in and buy the shares and i think uh what do they call it squeeze the short position or something like yeah. that where yeah. They, yeah where they made the stock go even higher all that stuff i think is trendy it's in the moment but i don't think it'll last like longer than five years Right. I, you know, I, I look at this and I think uh, I think about the dot com days back in the year 2000 when everything was going up. 
uh, that was dot com, pets dot com. You know, now now the 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 big idea is seeing if you can find the old stock certificate to some of these things on eBay uh, because they're now worth more than the shares were. In fact, wow. they're items. That's what a lot of the you know guys my age do is we we look for some of those things. I've got a um, I've got hats. I'm a hat collector, a uh, cap collector, and I've got caps that say. Um, uh, you know, Enron on them and, and <laughs> of companies that have, have since gone uh, bust. The reason I have those is because it reminds me of what can happen. And I believe uh, what's going to happen is maybe it's not going to happen tomorrow. Like you said, may, it might be a few years, but eventually something like inflation, something like uh, there's going to be some sort of market event that's going to cause us to to pull back and that pullback could be 10%, 25%, who knows? Who knows what it's going to be? But mm -hmm. it's going to jack a lot of these people out of the business uh, because they're going to see a, a a 5x or 10x move to the downside, you know, much greater than what you and I will see as long-term investors. Um, I yeah. think that's the only problem, but you know what? Like you said, it's bringing a lot of new people into the environment and if they can survive this first volatile move, uh, you know, that takes them out. And they, because it happened to me, 1987, the day after the stock market crashed, I was done. It took me a whole year to come back because I owed my broker money. And I decided <laughs> in 1988, do I really want to do this or continue to pound myself and put in, inflict financial pain or do I want to learn how to do it correctly? I decided to learn how to do it correctly. And I haven't looked back. And there's going to be people that are going to come out of the ashes of the AMCs. GMEs, Dogecoins that I think are going to move forward. It's going to help them uh, rather than hurt them because of youth. Yep. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm just finishing up on that note. I think it's great to bring in a lot of young investors. And I think the biggest thing that I always say for young people, whenever someone's like, oh, what's your basic advice for a young person? Is just like do long term strategies. Don't try and do like the quick little fixes, Dogecoin buy, try and like day trade Dogecoin. Like you have no idea what you're doing. Like you're you're literally gambling in a casino. Um, but like if you just buy and hold for the long run, strong companies like the ones I mentioned, like Amazon, like that's not going anywhere. Like forget about like all like the crypto and all the um, the stuff that's hot in the news right now. Like think about what the actual company is. Amazon yeah. is the dominant marketplace for online retail. Someone needs to buy a hat like you, or when someone mm -hmm. needs to buy a chair, or when someone needs to buy a, um, I don't know, I'm just looking around, desk, a window, whatever. They sell everything on Amazon. Those are products that's a business that people need. It's fulfilling customers' demands. Only uh, online retail is only going to continue to expand. It's just like, it just seems like a no brainer kind of idea and a company that almost certainly will be worth much more in 30 years from now. So if you just hold right. it until then, you should be you should be coming out okay, whatever the current price is today. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that, that's my general advice for uh, young investors. Awesome. So uh, again, folks uh, joining me, Jack Rosenthal, uh, 18 years old. This guy's a young investor, started younginvestors.org group, uh, has a book, on, a couple books on Amazon. Uh, Teen Investing is the uh, is, uh, is late, your latest book, uh, I believe here. Uh, or teen, no, teen entrepreneurship, actually your latest book. Yes, uh, so I wrote three so, actually. I mean, let's let's talk about... Answer. Yeah, let's talk about teen investing. So what prompted you to write this? What made you decide you needed to spill it all? 
Yeah, totally. Okay, so now you can get into my whole story. Like, what is this kid? And whatever, I own some stocks, but so does every other kid in America now. What's different about me? So when I was 14 years old, I started something called the Young Investors Club. I started with just one member, me. Um, the end of that year, basically, I'll tell you what it was first. So basically what it is is each kid puts in $1,000, and we all invest money collectively together in the stock market. And we kind of learn from each other, invest together. And it's just kind of a great way to meet other teenagers interested in investing and um, and also just kind of grow all of our investment portfolios together. So by the end of that first year, when my freshman year when I was 14, I had got 20 members to join and we had about $20,000 in the investment portfolio. Um, then we got like a sponsor. We got a financial organization to sponsor us. We got They also helped with like legal and accounting, which was obviously very helpful. And yeah. if we had to pay for that ourselves, we would have spent the whole fund's money. Um, so that was very helpful. We started doing annual meetings at their conference room. Anyway, fast forward to junior year, we had close to 40 members and $40,000 in assets in the group. And then at junior year, I decided I wanted to make the Young Investors Club the largest teen investing club in the country. Wow. And I went from 40 to close to 100 members at the end of that year and over $110,000 in assets in the group. Today, I think we're like at 125 or 130, something That's like that. That's awesome. Awesome. Um, and then anyway, so how the story about me writing the book. So at the end of that, my senior year of high school, uh, I always wanted a high schooler to be running the club because it was for teenagers, not for college students. So as I was going on to college the next year, I passed it off to a high school student to let them run the club while I was in college. And uh, kind of the idea was like he was going to keep passing on year, year after year to a high school student. So I passed it on to a year and kind of my final leading gift to the club was writing the teen investing book, just a summary of all like the teachings and investing philosophies I picked up over the years. I taught, try to teach other teenagers. Um, so I sent out the book for free to everyone in the club. And then I realized there's so much valuable information in there that could basically apply to any young investor interested in, interested in investing in the stock market. So I made the book available on Amazon, teen investing, Jack Rosenthal on Amazon for anyone who's got young kids out there. And, uh, and since then the book's done really well and it's become Either it depends on the day, but it's either the number one or the number two best-selling book in the teen investing category on Amazon. That's awesome. And and folks, by the way, uh, you can if you just look straight down on the uh, scrolling screen there, you can see Jack's name. You can actually just go to Amazon, type his name in, and it pops up right there, number one and number two. Uh, right there as, as you uh, do a search on his name on Amazon.com. Last question I got for you as we end the podcast is, what, what are we looking forward to with uh, Jack Rosenthal? Um, I'd like to get into speaking. That's the next uh, That's the next thing that I'm trying to do. Uh, I have no idea how. You I'm definitely got the out. voice for it. I got some voice for it. You, you got know, the voice for it. about speaking is, is getting the, uh, the bookings. Um, as, as you'll learn from anyone who's uh, who's a speaking person. So mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out how to get into the speaking engagements. Those are really great for, I think, kind of inspiring audiences, inspiring them in person. It obviously helps build my brand. It helps sell more books. So that's what I think that's the next step for me. But I don't really know exactly where. Well, uh, I am sure uh, with some of your talent and caliber, it's not going to be hard to be finding you uh, in various places in the upcoming uh, months and years ahead. Jack, thank you so much for being part of the program. I appreciate it. And folks, that ends another week of Profit Strategies. Join me again next week. Uh, we'll have Chris back and we'll be discussing all things market as we head into uh, our next holiday, which will be coming up soon. Fourth uh, of July, we'll talk about holiday trading patterns. 
what looks good going into and out of the 4th of July. Of course, we'll have uh, Chris's picks, my picks, and everything else that uh, that he wants to talk about as well. We'll see you then. Bye now.